0: OTB AM. It will be insane not to put Roy Keane on the Manchester United list. Jordan Henderson has been as important for Liverpool as Roy Keane has been for Manchester United.
1: OTB AM live weekday mornings from seven thirty on the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. All right, we're turning our attention to hurling. I'm delighted to say Anthony Nash is back with us. Anthony, good afternoon, good evening to you. How are you?
0: I'm great, how are you keeping?
1: I'm very well. It's um. Congress weekend this weekend and I just wanted to ask your opinion on one thing that has kind of bubbled up over the last while. Uh, we've been talking with Paul Bellew when he was the Galway Hurling Board Chairman and now he's the County Board Chairman and he was on with Richie again this week talking about the motion to allow Galway minors hurl in either Munster or Leinster. Leinster is obviously their pro their uh, preferred option but because of the way Congress works they had to say either one. We don't know at, at the time of recording this whether or not it's going to get passed or not but um, what's your instinct about letting... The Galway Miners hurl outside of Connacht in the Championship
0: oh yeah I'd be all for it like you're trying to make the sport as strong as you possibly can um, you know like we, we should be trying to make the the counties that were stronger before stronger again like and if that's going to help Galway hurling well then 100% you should let it in because then you're making hurling in general better uh, I'd have no problem at all like Galway going into Leinster was a huge success for me anyway um, you know, rather than them having sitting and waiting for whatever kind of team coming through to play their first game, it's been a success, uh, you know, for me. I know originally, you know, you're talking about like it's not Galway, Aront and Leinster and that was the original argument, but like you should be hundred percent linting all Galway teams participate in a provincial championship, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think
1: back to it, there was a period where they couldn't have home games and it was kinda of like, Well, that's not very fair. Yeah. Everybody else gets home games but they don't. It's it's kinda of, it seems strange to me that it's taken so long because... The 20s, I think, have been in since um, the under 20s or under 21s as they might have been in, in 2018. And it just feels like there's some kind of weird blockage in the system where we can't just do the right thing for whatever reason
0: common sense will hopefully prevail like it's as simple as this if they should be in if they're in leinster for senior 20 the, then straight into leinster for the for the minor as well i don't understand what the difference between the age profiles and stuff like that like it, it might be take a tweak at championship but you let that happen like 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 my argument for over any years any anytime i spoke to someone if it's better for the game then let it happen and this is obviously better for the game um you know galway is obviously one of the pinnacle teams in, in ireland in all grades so, therefore, you shouldn't be trying to knock them down or knock them back in any way. You should try and encourage a team to get stronger and better because, therefore, it's going to develop the championship. Now, like, we could go on into Cork Twenty's this year and lose to Galway, and, you know, you obviously don't want to lose to a team. But, like, what's the point in trying to knock a county that's stronger hurling? hurling? Um, we're already struggling to keep, as many teams as we can at the top table so common sense will hopefully prevail they'll be left in yeah, Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, and then
1: I, as I was thinking about raising this I did kind of wonder if uh, every, every year around Congress you kind of get your spidey senses tingling a little bit uh, having been the subject of a couple of Congresses I, I kind of forgot <laughs> that it wasn't just one it was a couple of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I... I if it's for the better of the game then do it like, but don't be searching for stuff you know what I mean? Like for me at the moment we should be trying to get the likes of Offaly uh, the likes of Leish, you know, and from all these boys really at the top table and competing, like to make the championship even more competitive, they should be our first and foremost, you know what I mean? Um, and then look, if rules will change, like I know, like, you know, we're looking, we're, the, the main conversation over the league last year is refereeing this, that and the other, but the hand pass and all this kind of stuff, like, and introducing this rule and that rule. If it's better for the game, then of course, 100%, but don't be searching for stuff that we don't need the game's in a good place as it is, you know, excitement and everything like that. But, um, so hopefully, yeah, there's always something thrown out, like, you know, that you're kind of worried about. But hopefully this year, no, be, uh, it'll be just helped to improve the game. Did you
1: ever go to Congress as a matter of interest when they were... De- no. Did you show up? Were no. you ever tempted to show up and no. go, oh, did, did someone mention my name?
0: No, no, no. I, I stayed so far out of it because at the time, um, you know, look, I suppose Jimmy was in charge And we are just trying to keep a, keep our head down We were fortunate enough to have Patrick Horgan In a situation that he could score penalties anyway And uh, my age, I was getting a little bit older Which meant getting back from the goal was probably going to be a bit harder anyway um, But no, I never got involved in anything like that Look, there's no point, you have no power Like they, If they make a decision um, The only thing I was involved in was We went to Turles, alright, to try and work out What would be the best solution But going down there, we had a feeling as players That uh, they already had decided it was going to be one-on-one and um, we partook, we gave our opinion, but uh, it was it was one-on-one penalties coming in. So sometimes you're wondering, like, are these decisions already made? What was in um, what, what were sorry, was that like we, some, some kind of symposium? Yeah, so basically, yeah, there was a couple of people. I think Liam Sheedy was there and a, a couple of goalkeepers, a couple of forwards, penalty takers from counties. And we were asked to trial different types of penalties, um, you know, and didn't say which was the best one and whatever like that. But, uh, you know, it had been touted about for years before that, that a one-on-one penalty was hoped to be brought in. Um, and then all of a sudden, when the rule change came in, sure it was an inevitability that it was going to come in. But uh, so we were down there for a day um, to try and just show and gave our opinions on it, and uh, came away, and it was the one-on-one penalty. Then after that, no, not, it wasn't that we were all fully against it. We we kind of talked with Joe Canning was there and Colin Callanan from Galway, and um, we kind of spoke about what could the alternatives be. But uh, it was just basically thrown in, so that was as close to getting rule involvement I ever got to. And so. Um, as a matter of interest when
1: did you realise that you were like really good at the penalties the, the way they were previously what was the when did the penny drop that actually you could do because uh, you know obviously I think Davey would have taken penalties I think Damien Henry would have taken some penalties so it's not beyond yeah. it wasn't like the first time we'd ever seen goalkeepers taking penalties your particular style was unique but when did you start doing that
0: um, it was actually like in the club field you know you kind of mess about and throwing it in like and uh, then it just became a consistency and I started doing it for the club and then all of a sudden I found out before we played Wexford in the um, backdoor system in uh, 12, I think 12 when I was first in, that uh, they came up to me, George um, Cunningham came up to me inside in Torles in Dundrum House, sorry actually and told me I was taking the penalties that day so that was my first inclination I was going to be taking them for Cork and that day we ironically got one. And uh, I scored it and then it kinda of went on from there. But there's more messing about in the club field and stuff like that, and then it came to the stage where no one to stand in for a few. So it became a, a thing that I started taking them for the club fully in and stuff and just kept doing it. But like I've spoken about this many a time where I fell in my arse trying a few as well, like, you know. Um, so it's not that they were all the success, but um, but like I had actually heard over the winter That TJ Reid, the winter it was taken out That TJ Reid and Tony Kelly had it perfected as well Right. So ironically I think I was going to be the one That was going to get to slither into the throat So uh, <laughs> I, might have been better off. I might have been better off With the rule change going the way it went um, In the long run but Yeah it was just trial and error at home My father kind of got me to do them as well Like and always kind of supported me to try it and stuff And then carried into one or two games for the club And went on from there
1: Did you get better and better at it as, as time went on?
0: Throw it a bit further, yeah. It, wasn't a bit, it wouldn't have been as far in as I finished it out. Like, But like, I used to look back at videos in, like, of... Um, I used to look back at... Oh,
1: the line's just dropped there.
0: So, I tell you what, we'll take a quick hour break and we'll be back with Anthony Nash now.
1: So, we're rejoined now by Anthony Nash. The line just dropped yeah. there, um, Anthony. You can tell us about that in a second. You were saying you were looking at yeah. videos. You were looking back at videos. Um... Yeah,
0: videos. DJ Carey, I suppose, would have been one that I would have looked at. Um, And seeing the way he carried it in, like, like he was so skillful, like, and, you know, his hand-eye coordination, as we all know, was just incredible, like, and he would have carried the ball a long way, and Davey Fitz would have flicked it in more, I would have kind of, I'd have thrown it obviously higher in as well, but I didn't delay the ball in the hurley, you know, an awful lot either, like, it wasn't that I was delaying it, but I, um, but it was just a flick, and, uh, it was just my big thing was the pick. Once the pick went right, after after Royal Lane was just making sure I got to the point of contact and like a lot of my miss hits went in as well because goalkeepers were probably in the back foot expecting me to hit them well all the time, you know. So um and unfortunately I hit one or two players right that might have you know hurt them temporarily. I don't think I ever badly hurt anyone. Um but I suppose the fear eventually came in where fellas were on the back foot and a couple of dribblers squeaked in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they started charging them down as well. That was the other thing that happened, and I don't know how legal oh, that's
0: yeah in fairness, it, like, that was the funny thing in 13. So uh, Patrick Kelly ran out and blocked one. And I said it to, to I think it was um, Brian Gavin at the time, I said, he can't do that. Like, you know, that's, that's illegal. And he allowed the first time, but then in the second half, he went not have spoke to him said, you actually can't charge him down. So I think there was an awful lot of confusion and everything going on. And was they breaking the rule or not breaking the rules? I think the easiest thing then was for the J to just come in and go, right, let's put a stop to this. Um, because, like... Then it was gonna to come to the stage of, well, if I'm allowed, be charged down from my flick was Patrick Corgan taking an armor for your load be charged down. I think the easiest thing then was just put it to base and just say, look, this is it, one on one penalty, don't break the line. Um so I wonder, was there a bit of that? And then they 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 actually went out, like and a couple of people that were involved in my teams before actually wrote articles to try and get rid of it, <laughs> which was funny. Um and uh but then it just went out with the passed in, like that was it then and we we got the new rules.
1: And um, not many people have names, uh, have rules named after them. So that was, uh, you know, on your career list of achievements. Yeah, they had, to, they had to name a rule after me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ducks, you know, it was fo- like, as I said, we were fortunate with Patrick Horgan. We actually scored a good few in the following year. Um, But I got a few texts and tweets after the All Ireland final of 14. I think Kilkenny pulled two or three of the Tipperary lines down and they saved their penalties then, you know, because the very first year, if people remember, they went to uh, still three on the line, but you had to be outside the 21. And I think Kilkenny saved one or two penalties and I got woeful abuse on Twitter. <laughs> you know, for for uh, causing the loss in the final. Like, you know, I think Tipperary missed one or two in the final. Um, but I was kinda of saying I didn't make the rule, like, you know. but yeah. uh, I got I got a few interesting tweets, all right. Yeah, I mean it's yeah.
1: Well there's no accounting for some people, it turns out, especially on social media. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. why why did the the line drop there, Anthony? <laughs> do you wanna explain that one first? Yeah.
0: Yeah, funny, uh, so I, I was actually ringing Sean Toomey there, so we have the final, you, the fifth final tomorrow, and you well just making sure we ringing around, um, making sure everybody's okay after last night, so he was trying to ring ring back in there now, so you should actually you know, feel feel privileged that I'm hanging up with one of the players to, to stay in the line 24 hours before we play a final, so uh, it just cut out the call there, cut out the zoomed in, but uh, yeah, we, we had a good win last night against Waterford, so finally, again now tomorrow against NUAG. How are your nerves now as somebody who
1: has influence but not as much as you might have done previously?
0: It's scary the difference. Like you've no control and you've no control with the standing on the sideline either because like we have to stay within a certain perimeter like and I am one of those coaches that I would walk 21 to 21. I'd never encroach and inhibit in the game but I want to be having you know a say in what's going on like and it's just the one thing for a young coach like you know I'm, I'm still learning very very much on the sideline that I just can't have as much input as uh, as I'd like to have, you know, when you're playing in goals. So my two years or so Liberties, I was coaching, but I was also playing, so I still had an influence in the game. When you're standing on the sideline, like, you're handing over your trust to the players, like, you know, and they're a super bunch of lads, but, like, it's so easy to stand on the sideline and watch the game and see the mistakes when you're not fully involved in it. But you do want to get your influence in, like, and uh, it's an impossibility to get all the messages in, but... So I am one of the coaches that's not good on the sideline. I, my stomach was sick. Like everyone's going to the dressing room after. All the players are in their haunches last night and I was the worst one of them. <laughs> the, the the physio came over to me, the poor lady, and she was like, are you all right? And I was drained. I was absolutely drained. Um, But that's a part of my learning curve where I have to step back and, you know, it just shows the importance of having a team drilled and well drilled. You can just hand it over to them on the day, you know. Well, that, that brings us
1: nicely to that whole uh, having somebody standing behind the goal like Davey yeah. had. Like, uh when, we, when the conversation came up, the the immediate aftermath, there was a general sense, like, are you really telling your goalkeeper what to do with every ball? Like, is he not going to turn around to you and tell you, shut up, leave me alone? I Like, I have to let this play develop myself. Or is it actually just beneficial very early on in a, in a new relationship where you go, look, this is what we're thinking of here. What are you seeing? I, I, what's-
0: yeah. yeah, my my piece with the 42 actually this week, so I wrote an article on this, like, everyone's, I think, like, look, Davey is the kind of David's the kind of character that people love to talk about. And I know he creates his own, you know, uh, headlines as well. And I think again I spoke about Galway going to Leinster. It's great to have him in the game and I'm always you know, it's always great to have a character like that within the sport because, you know, he's a great um a great, you know, person that like he gets people talking. He's like Marmite, you either love him or you don't like him, you know what I mean? And uh I, I think I can kind of so my 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 example of this right was so I used to go in at half time, and I asked the statsman for where my puckouts went because, like, there was one game where I think we had fourteen puckouts in the first half, and I realised at half time the twelve of them went down the same wing. Now, during that match, I, I it never registered with me that I was going down the same wing or anything like that. Um, you know, but at half time, I kind of went, "Oh, Jesus, right?" But each time, it felt like the right option. So it kind of steadied my head to know, okay, right, I need to change this up, whatever, like that. On a flip occasion of that, I remember a member of management ran into me one day and told us, things weren't going so well. I'm going to save you the expletives now, right? So he ran into me and said, we're after losing seven out of the last nine puckouts," and ran away. And I called him back and I said, what in the F do you want me to do? So like, stop pucking out the ball. Have you an answer for me, basically, like, you know? So how the messages are delivered are one thing. Like, we don't know what Davies fella is doing. Is he telling him where to puck the ball? If that's the case you'd want a very kind of obeying goalkeeper that's going to do what he's told or is he telling him look we're after losing the last three down the right wing maybe spray it or is he telling the goalie to get messages out to the backs you're not loading and in the field anymore the goalie's able to move out around the field when there's a break of play and get the messages across so I don't think we'll ever be privy to the information but it depends on what it is as well you know
1: yeah exactly I, I, I can't imagine that uh, Davey wants Full control over every single, because it, no. it it's not going to be repeatable down the line. You you, you no, know you're no. you're building a habit that's a wrong habit that won't be repeatable.
0: Yeah, yeah Because I, I, my thing is, and I joked in the in the thing as well. What happens like when they're playing Tipperary and Turles? Sure, all the Tipperary fans are going to surround around this guy for a crack. Like you know, <laughs> these messages won't be getting in anywhere. Like um, I think it's just a message to you know maybe getting messages in. I don't think it is a is a, it is a you know a play per play message. Um, I'd be very doubtful of that um you know and as you said like you're creating a habit that just isn't there there's no point giving someone you know a bad habits like a driving lesson it's very hard to get out of the system then so i think look maybe it's davy saying look we don't have enough way of getting messages onto the pitch you know or watch the story but uh, again it goes back to my original point there of me I like i'm very frustrated on the sideline not being able to have the control a habit. but then i have to relinquish it and say look i'm not a player anymore i've only got so much that i can dictate in the game. But um, but again, look, I go back to it, and it's great to be talking about something about hurling again, like you know.
1: What type of a coach are you, and and how are you uh, improving all the time as a coach?
0: Uh, on the field, I'm very much of the structures and hands on, and just you know what, making players happy. Um, you know, I think a lot of this stuff is is the top a uh, few inches in the head, like you know. Um, encouragement I think Is the big thing That I'd like to bring Because I, I look uh, You know Jimmy Barry Murphy Made me 10 feet tall Going onto the pitch And it could have been Only a one line sentence That just got me Feeling good about myself um, 17 we tried something new with Puckouts And Pat Ryan Made me feel That I was You know That I had the freedom To do whatever I wanted And I thought if Puckouts wise It was my best year um, So it's just Allowing freedom And I think it's just Understanding that a player You know That a player is an individual Like you've got 35 Six fellas inside the dressing room You can't have the one for all blanket on them but I'd be much into enjoyment, a lot of hurling and just structure, just in creating, like, realising that, you know, players are created from different scenarios. So, like, in a game of hurling and inter-county hurling, 70 minutes, you've potentially got 60, 70 puckouts. So get them right and you're a long way to winning the game, you know. Um, and then it's just the last message you always say to them, look, is enjoy it, quote and play with your freedom because we play hurling to play hurling, you know. We would play hurling, we don't play hurling to be robotic. Uh, we all play the game to get on the ball. Um, so I'd hope that I'd be a positive in it as well uh, sideline wise I'm very. I'm learning an awful lot like you know people will keep on about the incident with Keen Lynch and myself last year and stuff like that and fortunately we had a conversation after that thing as well that I didn't see the incident and uh, when I turned around I heard it and my initial reaction as an immature coach was to run in and you know ask the referee what the hell that was about you know what I mean so um, but that's just like I'm going to make loads of mistakes like I did as a player as well and and you know the funny thing is, is I don't know do I want to continue on and stay as a coach either I love this now having a conversation with you when I talk about hurling twenty four seven, because I do love the game, but it's very time consuming and it's very energy. You know, a lot of energy is expelled on it in as well. Like you know, um, but I'm enjoying it for now. Yeah, uh,
1: there's a lot to uh, to get into there. So what would what why do you think you might not? It's too intense.
0: Yeah, I find, like, to be honest, right, you, like, I'm very lucky. So this year I went doing the 20s with Cork, uh, with Ben and Ronan. So Ben, ben O'Connor, Ronan O'Connor. I got to know Ger and, and Terence that are inside there as well. But the reason I went in was the relationship I had with Ben and Ronan. Like, so it's a friendship. It's fun. You know what I mean? And uh, I get on very well with the lads. And that was my main reason. If they rang me to the Cork under-14s, it would have been the same thing. Um, but again, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of time. Like, you know, you're never switched off, really. And that's why I say inter-county management at the highest level is very difficult. Like it's a full time job, it is, it, it, and no one can tell you otherwise. At no stage will any manager switch off for a day um, while the season is on. So it's just the timing of it. Um, you know, I'd like to stay involved in the game somehow. Uh, I I love golf as well. I'm trying to play the world of golf. Um, played this morning and played absolutely shite, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so it's just trying to balance balance the life there as well. Um, but like I do love it, and I'm just kind of it's, but it, it is an awful lot of energy because I do when I'm involved, I'm very involved.
1: It feels a little bit like your generation of goalkeepers who kind of got under the hood of the puckouts have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to uh, the evolution of the game. Now, loads of people have caught up, obviously, and there's loads of great mm-hmm. people who weren't goalkeepers or, or weren't working in that era. But like that's mm-hmm. the that's the birth of uh, proper tactical evolution. And mm-hmm. it kind of it was a quantum leap forward, really, in the period that yeah. you were playing. So um i can i can see why the attraction is to like to do it now while that's all still yeah. fresh and you still kind of feel like that you're building on a layer of stuff that's incredibly up to date
0: yeah well, I worked i was very lucky to work with Sean O'Donnell originally with Cork and built up a good friendship with him as well like and he's now the um head statistician for Limerick hurling and football i think in football as well but he's definitely with the hurling and uh, we had a good relationship but i like that side of the game you know i'd be kind of geeky when it comes to that like um I do like hearing about stats. I don't ever overburden my teams with stats. I like to hear them myself and see is there something I can do to put it into practice without having to give them the the boring side of it, you know what I mean? Like, it's all grand me telling you we've had 10 wides, but like, where did they come from and why did they come from there and were they the right option? Well, that's up to me as a part of the management team to break that down and say, look, maybe it's just we need to use extra pass or whatever. But I enjoy it. Like it's not, you know, I, I'm really into like, you know, technology and golf. I'm into that kind of stuff. Um, really exciting guy, as, I, as I'm describing myself here. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I enjoy it. So yeah, I, I don't mind that side of it. Then, like, you know, and that's why I'm saying when it comes to training that I, I don't mind, uh, you know, having coaches, coach, and I just do a bit of structure and stuff like that because I just see it's huge importance, so it's like, you
1: know. In in 17, you said you had a, a different approach to puck
0: outs and, mm. and more freedom with them. What was the difference? So Hoggy always had a joke at me, right? That if Puckots so his statement for me was if it if long isn't working, go longer. So I used to just love to belt the ball, like you know, because as any goalkeeper who's trying to get it as far and people in the he's always lagging like me, the people in the crowd, He's any great puck of a ball. And then Pat came in and realized that by us doing that, we weren't naturally big, we weren't naturally massive ball winners. We needed to try something else. So he wanted to be to shorten it and lower the height. So we had a rule that the puckoats would probably land around the 65 of the opposition. You know, and maybe skim through or whatever like that. But if the option was on to go and try and ping a guy 65 yards from the opposition's goal, then I had the freedom to do that? So the first session, he said to me, "I said, Pat, I can't do this. I said, I've never done." He said, "You can do it. I've seen you play." And he 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 kind of said to me, "Look, I've seen the way you strike the ball. You can do this." So we spent the whole winter just working on it, and then um, you know, eventually Derek McGrath spoke in the dressing room once to me. We played Waterford in the Munster Championship, and he came into the dressing room and said, "Look, you beat us well done, and we spent too much time trying to analyse Anthony's pockets." You know, so teams are at the stage in 17 where they were analysing our pockets inside out because they were going so well. But I had gotten the confidence where Pat said to me, look, you have the freedom to make mistakes. So instead of going long and long and long, I decided, look, we need to mix it up here. We're not a naturally gifted ball winning team. Um, and by God, did I make a lot of mistakes? Like, don't get me wrong, but it was more enjoyable. And I had a huge freedom from the players and the management to, to allow me to do that.
1: I remember being behind the goals one time when the Dubs were playing and watching the runs that particularly Paul yep. Flynn would make, where he would he would kind of get the ball into it, would, it. Sometimes it would bounce into his chest from the kick out. He was in so yep. much acres of space, and he'd started his run in like three and a half, four seconds. It was like a wide receiver, and um, obviously that comes from hours and hours and hours and hours of practice. Are you looking for runs in in in, in seventeen in particular? Are you looking for somebody? Who makes the run, and you know where it's going to go because you've 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 practiced skimming it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Basically, like what I found myself from watching videos back was, I always went for the first runner originally. So if you made a good run out the wing, you were my target. I wasn't watching the fact, and I I spoke about this when he retired. Brendan Matter read me so well in a couple of games, like you know he'd look behind him the first run, and next thing, all of a sudden, he'd error towards that side. So what I developed in 17 was the first run mightn't be the best one to delay the second, and then maybe hit the second one. But I was looking for space in seventeen and eighteen and nineteen, wherever like that. The older I got, rather than in fourteen and thirteen, where I was just looking to hit it as long as I could down on top of the fella. Um, now, which it worked as well at times, like with two very good years there, and it suited our team, like with the likes of Pat Cronin, who was a very good ball winner. Then, but it, we just need Pat felt we needed that change for the team, um, and that we had to change it up. So I was looking more for space and movement in as I got older, yeah, and uh, just trusted myself a little bit more. And I said, look, like in nineteen and the second half against Kilkenny. Our pockets broke down, like, you know, and they just destroyed us, like, so, like, there were many an occasion where these didn't go well, like, you know, but we felt it was the best thing for the team to be a success. And could you ever pinpoint why they would break down in a game like that? Uh We kind of had a few structured plays, all right, that, I suppose, cross wires, and then, like, I committed to a few of the runs that weren't made in the right time when I should have had the maturity to maybe stand up and say, look, okay, that run wasn't made there in the perfect spot. Delay it and go again another way, you know. So, a lot of the times, I think I've never watched the game back, but I'd say I hit a lot of puckles to so Kilkenny Fell running onto it in his own. Um, and in fairness to Hoggy, he'd put in an individual performance that day to keep us in it. Uh, he got 310 or something like that. So, it was just a pity, like, you know, it was a tough winter for me you No know, going over that winter as well, because I would have taken a lot of the blame on my own shoulders there as well, like, you know. Um, but sometimes it can be runs and sometimes it can be just you know, a goalkeeper having a bad day, like, but, like, I would have looked at Dublin's kickouts, I would have, I, you know, I would have really looked at Cluxton as a, as a motivator there as well for me to have the, the bravery to go and try these things, like, you know, um, and the willingness of the Dublin fielders to make those runs as well, to give him that, but his natural ability was, uh, his skill set was incredible, like, you know, and uh, I remember a few people kind of would have said my puckouts were trying to emulate his in football, like, you know, I know you could never do it in hurling football, but, like, I wanted to try and achieve something that he was trying to do, that he was doing, you know, on a consistent basis.
1: Yeah. I, can you practice those? Do You need to practice those with the individuals who will be making the runs. And that's difficult because you you need basically five or six of them simultaneously to mimic yeah. the game conditions.
0: Yeah, it's very hard because, like, it was a stage where I skipped Mark O'Donnell. He's the, one of the masseurs with the Cork team he used to be the target for my puck because he used to do triathlons and he was exceptionally fit <laughs> so eventually we got him to tug out and uh he had to come up to me at one stage and say look is it okay if i just touched the hurley and not catch them because <laughs> his hands were getting reddened but uh he used to be so willing for me to come to training and practice runs you know and in before training what i do is if anybody came out for a puck i'd be out there first and i'd have 100 200 puckers taken before training and uh You'd get, let's say, Dar if it's given for ten, he'd be gassed out, didn't he he'd go ahead doing a shooting? But I'd have ten done with him, and Luke me to come out and I'd do the same, you know. Um so it was a lot of my practice for Pocos was before training and catching individuals, was creating the runs, you know. Uh but it was just reps and reps and reps. And uh, I'll never forget Mark. Mark used to turn up in gloves in the winter because his hands used to be so sore from the, the hard slitters. Um but it was just for me, it was repetition and repetition all the time to get the confidence up.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because it's it ultimately is is kind of the physical repetition is massively important but as you've already alluded to the top two inches the, psych- the psychology of like n- no one went to hold him and we went to fold him
0: Oh big time like I would have leaned the arm flat and Gary Keegan that's your result so with Gary in with us like and I, I spoke about how good he is you know and uh, I wasn't in sports psychology in any manner of means before he came in Uh completely embraced it with him and then he you know he just helped me to work through a few things during games like you know because as a goalkeeper you've time to think there's people listening in here and we'll be sick of me talking about that and stuff and like as a goalkeeper you have far more time in a game like and i just keep myself busy by talking to the defenders and stuff like that you know i was keeping them on their toes um and basically just kind of making sure that they were they were switched on as well because i had the energy to do so but uh but psychology at the end of it would have come into me where i was like look this is the right thing for the team do it and you know what, like a lot of puckers didn't go my way and like I had an example at Parky Ring once where I hit a good good puck out to a wing back who hand-passed it to a midfielder who then hand-passed it to a wing forward who put it wide and a fella from the crowd roared down. Expletives again now so I'll cover more over and goes, for Christ's sake Nash, will you ever puck the ball long? You know, four <laughs> plays had gone by like before your man put it wide, you know, but it was the right thing for the team and we created a scoring opportunity but, it was just uh, you know, have the guts and the bravery to, to think that you're doing the right thing for your team, you know?
1: Yeah, the other thing is you get to hear too much from the crowd as a goalkeeper as well. That yeah. Maybe some of the midfielders never yeah. get to hear.
0: That's, that's for another day's occasion <laughs> for maybe a late night show, right? That we could kind of, you could, uh oh, there's some f- oh, brilliant stories, like, you know, some very funny ones, like, and especially, I love the Cork support, like, um, but, you know, it, it the, the the comments that have come towards you like but you know I'd say if you've got a camera zoomed in at me a few times you'd see a right smile like underneath it after the abuse I was after getting but I learned to to just uh, get on with it like, you know
1: we'll uh, save that for the road shows um. yeah yeah, uh, when, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And yeah. <laughs> we can edit them out for afterwards. One last thing, there's um um a bunch of new players coming through and a bunch of old players mm. who are putting up massive scores in the second round of the league. Uh, the history of the league is, is littered with lads who had like a two ten game or a two twelve game and then mm. come championship, we didn't actually see them. But it mm. feels like maybe there's a little bit of a difference uh with mm. Michal Houlahan, who who's not a kid at Limerick, and if they were to have another f- heavy scoring forward, well, it's a bit on Globetrotters at this stage.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in fairness to him, no, we played against him with Kilmalik two years ago now, I think with Soul Liberties, and he's a good player, like, you know, and, like, has the height, obviously has the has the tradition with, with you know, the Hooligan name. Um, and if for a guy of his size, very accurate, like, you know, a free taker as well. Well able to hurl. Um, and what I find with Limerick, like, you know, I'm not privy to anything. I know Barry's there, but I never do ask. But, like, they seem to bed these guys in for a year. So he's been there last year. We wouldn't have seen an awful lot of him. You know, he'd obviously been taking part of a lot of intense training games and, you know, building up the body and stuff like that. And then John has just thrown him in now to to give him that experience and shown that he is capable. Like, so I think they're very good. because And look, you said it there a second ago. They don't need to blood these guys in straight away. They can give him a year to bed into, into County Hurling, see if he's good enough. They obviously see with in-house games and stuff and challenge matches that he is. Didn't give him the league. So that's the next step up. And he showed the last day that he's well able to play. Like, and... The one thing that they'll be most pleased about is that and i think limerick are always kind of the epitomizing of this is the, is the ethic the work ethic the honesty that he gave on top of having the skill as well um and i suppose it's always was like you mightn't see this guy in kind of championship if Ger- if gerald hegarty and tom morrissey go on to have the games they have if Keen lynch is coming back in you've got kyle hayes moving back you've got kahil o'neill like you, you like you might never see him but they know if they need him that he's there And i think that's the biggest key there like because he does fill that kind of a gauge of uh of the Tom Morrissey's and the Grodd Hegarty's, where he's big, he's physically strong, he can move. And on top of it, he's actually an exceptional hurler. So I think, you know, it'll be down to injuries, maybe, or, you know, fatigue or whatever, that we might get to see him. Um, because you said, look, the, the pick they have up front at the moment with Keane coming back is frightening. But uh, But I'd say that's basically what's happened. They've given him the year. He's developed very well, bought into, the, bought into the camp and is well able to play.
1: Ready to go. Yeah, Bubbles uh, retired this week as well. That was the mm-hmm. last thing I just wanted to, to get your yeah. thoughts on. You would have come up against him a good few times.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exceptional. The man probably has one of the best set of wrists I've ever seen. Like, you know, um, I smile and think about him because I think like and people are going to go, oh, he's done about himself. Like He pulled in a ball in 18 or 19 and I made a save. And I probably would go on and say it's probably the best save I've ever made. But like I wonder how many other people on the field would have pulled in the ball with the venom that he did it with. Like the ball bounced and he just pulled in it. And I don't know, look, people ask I don't know what the hell I did to get there. But his wrists were just incredible, like, you know. And I know I know over time fitness might have come in against him, but like his record and finals, his skill levels, his he's just a guy you'd like to watch. You know, I didn't like to watch him against me. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But uh, I did like to watch him play. Um, you know, I thought, on Kelly esque, like, you know, I could put a ball over the bar from many angle and stuff like that. And you know, it's a pity. You know, I was wondering would Liam Cal get him back in, Um, because a bit of experience there and a guy of his ability, natural ability, and everything like that. But just his wrists, like he could. You know, uh, there was a funny. Uh, we had a fellow Shane Walsh in college, and used see, and he saw was saying, And I put, I put bubbles in this as well. He saw was say, Owen oh, Kelly, you couldn't hook him in a phone box. You know, he does wrists so good, like, and I think bubbles can go into that category as well.
1: That's high praise, Anthony. Great to have you with us again. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks, William. Thanks, sir. Thanks.